The Read to Lead Podcast, Episode 6. Hey, everybody. This is Jay Baer, president of Convince and Convert and author of the New York Times bestselling business book, Utility. You are listening to my pal Jeff Brown on the Read to Lead Podcast. Word of mouth is over 10 times as effective as traditional media, and it's much cheaper. And throwing all your money at advertising, think about how you can turn your customers into advocates. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever-important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful Successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Thanks for making your way back to the Read to Lead podcast. If this is your first time here, and even if this is your sixth time here, you're in for a special treat today. Our guest is New York Times bestselling author Jonah Berger. He's written a book that came out earlier this year called Contagious, Why Things Catch On. And we'll dive into our conversation with him in just a moment. First, I want to make a couple of quick announcements to let you know about how the podcast is doing. The podcast has uh, reached as high as number 15 among all business podcasts combined in iTunes and just a little over a week ago cracked into the top five and then the top three of all career-focused podcasts and that could not have happened without people like you downloading it and rating and reviewing it in iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to do so. Readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes is where you can do that. And I want to say thanks to our recent five-star reviewers, Joe Levitt, Lyndon Dunbar, Sherry Carver, and Jason J. among them. If you happen to uh, consider the uh, podcast five-star worthy and give it a five-star rating in iTunes, I'll be sure and mention your name on the podcast as well. So thanks very much again to Joe, Lyndon, Sherry, and Jason. Finally, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Audible as an official sponsor of the show, something we've been working on for a few weeks now. We have been accepted as an Audible affiliate. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, Jeff, I, I hear Audible on tons of podcasts. What's the big deal? Well, it's a big deal to me for a couple of reasons. As you know, I believe that reading is key to success in business and in life, intentional and consistent reading. And this relationship with Audible will help make that process easier for you. It will help lower the barrier to entry, uh, if you will. So each and every week when we're chatting with a new author, at any point you feel like, gee, I need to get that book and I need to get it now, you'll be able to get it for free, assuming you haven't already signed up with Audible, just by going to readtoleadpodcast.com slash Audible. That includes the book by today's guest, Jonah Berger, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. You can pick it up for free right now when you sign up for a 30-day free trial with Audible. You can download your first free book. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash Audible. Well, our guest today, and I'm very excited about this, is Jonah Berger. He's a business writer. He teaches marketing at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business and is the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. Uh, Jonah, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it might interest you to know we're actually uh, working on several of your colleagues for the show. You are the first in what I hope is a series of interviews with uh, with uh, folks from the Wharton School of Business. Seems a lot of you guys are, are churning out books these days. 
there, there's a lot of interesting research going on in the behavioral sciences, and it, it's great to get the opportunity to share it with the world. I've been an Amazon uh, user for 15-plus years, and I only recently discovered they have a best books of the year so far list, and you're number eight in the business category for Contagious. Yeah, it's, it's been very exciting. You know, we've we sold older, over 50,000 copies so far. The book has done extremely well. It's uh, out already in, in seven languages. It'll be out in 20 by the end of the year, and uh, it's been exciting to share the ideas. Well, if you want your product, your service, or your cause to become the uh, talk of the town or the talk of the Internet, then Contagious is here to help you do that. More on that in just a moment, though. First, Jonah, I'd love for you to share a bit about your journey from your time in college to where you are today. I heard another interview you did recently and was just fascinated by some of your experiences uh, in college, particularly. Can you, can you share some of that? Sure. Uh, so I grew up studying the hard sciences, uh, you know, traditional things like chemistry or biology, um, using the rigorous tools of statistics and experimentation. Uh, but when I got to college, um, I started studying psychology, uh, and I came across a great book called The Tipping Point um, that really inspired me to apply those hard science tools to more social science questions. So why do we share certain things more than others? Why do we talk about certain brands? Why do we pass certain online content on? Um, and while The Tipping Point was a great book and had some really inspirational stories, didn't really have much of the science behind why we talk and share. And so ever since then, I've been studying these questions, putting the, the rigorous science uh, to the task to understand, you know, why we share and how using those insights can help companies or organizations get their own ideas to catch on. Well, I want to make sure people realize just the overwhelming amount of research that went into this book. Uh, I've been uh, doing research in this area for over a decade now. Uh, I've published over 25 papers uh, on these sort of topics, and the book uh, covers over 100 different academic papers uh, on everything from how emotion drives us to share uh, to how looking good is one reason that people pass things on. Um, so there's been a huge amount of rigorous academic research applied to these questions, and I'm delighted to share that uh, with the broader population. I would have assumed that with the advent of so social media, that its role in word of mouth would be much, much larger. But that's not the case. It's amazing. Uh, one of the most surprising statistics I came across while working on the book is only 7% of word of mouth is online. Uh, you might think that it's all about Facebook and all about Twitter. And indeed, those services and other social media sites are important. But most of our conversations are still offline, face-to-face. Uh, in all the hype around social media, we forget that the original social media is face-to-face -face communication. <laughs> we talk to our families around the breakfast table, have lunch with colleagues at work, and grab drinks with friends after work. And it's in these face-to-face -face interactions that most word of mouth is shared. Well, we can only scratch the surface here, but I, I want to spend about 15, maybe 20 minutes going through the uh, six steps, as, as you describe them, that you outline in the book, starting with social currency. Uh, social currency is the idea that people are much more likely to talk about and share things that make them look good. Uh, so if we get a promotion at work or, uh, you know, where we get a special deal or we pick a really good restaurant, we're much more likely to share it with others because it makes us look special. And so word of mouth isn't just about the things that we're talking about. It's about how talking about those things makes us look. Uh, there's a great example um, I talk about in the book of a bar in New York City that's hidden inside a hot dog restaurant. 
uh, you're in this hot dog restaurant. There's a rotary uh, dial phone inside a phone booth in the corner of the restaurant. Um, if you go inside that phone booth and you ha- dial the special number, they'll let you into this secret bar. Uh, imagine you've been let into this secret bar. You feel so special, <laughs> so lucky, um, you know, so amazed at this thing that you have to share it with others. But the reason is that it makes you look good. It makes you look in the know to have access to something that not everyone else does. And so social currency is really about how sharing makes us look to pass something on. So if your product has that uh, inner remarkability, that's more likely to happen then. Definitely. And, and one thing I talk about in the book is you might think, well, only certain products are remarkable. Uh, you know, only certain things are surprising or novel. But some of the great examples we've seen over the years, everything from Will It Blend, where uh, a blender company called Blendtec shows how they can tear an iPhone to shreds by just dropping it in the blender. It's an amazing video to watch, extremely remarkable, and they did that for blenders, a product that seems like one of the most mundane, boring things you can think about. So it's not just about whether the product is naturally remarkable or not. It's about finding that inner remarkability and harnessing it to get people to talk and share. Sounds like Blendtec is the perfect example for a business owner or uh, an entrepreneur who thinks that, well, these concepts are great, but not for my product. And Blendtec is a great example of, well, maybe they are. <laughs> exactly. And, and I work really hard in the book to show how these types of ideas apply to all sorts of products, uh, behaviors, businesses, everything from you know consumer packaged goods to uh, fashion products to lawn care to cement, uh, online and offline services, B2B. Um, you might think that these are, well, just restricted to certain types of products, but we studied tens of thousands of products from every type of category you can imagine, and what we found is that these insights apply across them uh, rather than being restricted to just one narrow area. Now, let's talk about the hints that remind others of your product, service, or cause, what you call in the book in the second of the six steps. We're up to T now. That was S. T is triggers. Tell us about that. The idea of, of triggers is if something is top of mind, it will be tip of tongue. The more we're thinking about something, the more likely we are to, to talk about it and share it. So uh, if I said peanut butter and, for example, and I asked you to fill in the blank, you'd probably say, well, peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly. Right? Almost everybody would think of jelly when you think of peanut butter. Um, it's almost like peanut butter is a little advertisement for jelly. Uh, like, like jelly should pay peanut butter a kickback every time <laughs> peanut butter shows up. Because even though jelly's not actually there, peanut butter reminds you of jelly. It's essentially a trigger to make you think about that other sort of product. Um, and so that's the idea of triggers. By linking your product or idea to something else in the environment, every time people see that something else, they'll think about you. Um, the song Friday, for example, is really popular uh, a few years ago. Um, and if you look at why, it's much more popular, much more likely to be searched for on the day of the week of Friday. Because Friday the day reminded people of Friday the song and made them talk about it and share it. And so it's about linking your product to, to prevalent cues in the environment. I appreciated the example you gave in the book of the anti-smoking campaign, I believe it was, with the billboard that appeared on the surface to be sort of that Marlboro Man-type billboard, but the, but the tagline is, Bob, I've got emphysema. <laughs> exactly. And what's great about that billboard is now every time you see a Marlboro ad, you think about, wow, emphysema. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have thought of the two things together, but by linking that message to another message, now every time people see the first message, they think about the second. Um, you know, Mac and, and PC have been in battles over the years. PC came out with, Microsoft came out with a great ad um, saying, I'm a PC, I'm a PC. Well, now when people saw the Mac versus PC ad that Apple is paying for, 
they now think about Microsoft ads. Mm. So it's almost like Apple's encouraging people to think about Microsoft because Microsoft links the two together. I didn't say this before, but we're, we're working on and building the acronym STEPS, S-T-E-P-P-S. And so now we're at E, emotion, whether positive or negative, can incite people to action. When we care about something, we're much more likely to share it. Uh, whether we feel so excited about getting a promotion or we see something awe-inspiring or whether we feel a negative emotion, whether we're angry about something, you know, or anxious or worried about something happening. Um, emotions that, that activate us, that arouse us, are much more likely to cause us to pass things on. So rather than just focusing on the function, companies need to start thinking about the feeling. You know, why do people care? What makes people care about a particular product or idea? How can you dial that up? And the more you can make them care, the more they're going to share as well. All right. The first P in the steps process, uh, Jonah, public. That one sounds relatively obvious. What do you mean when you say public? The, the idea of public is both obvious but also quite subtly important. Uh, people tend to follow others. We've all heard that phrase, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, but while we often focus on the second half of the phrase, well, you know, monkeys do what other monkeys are doing, the first half of the phrase is equally, if not more important. You can't do what someone else is doing if you can't see it. And so much of consumption is actually much more private than we might like. If people can't see what you're buying or what you're consuming, what you're thinking about, the behaviors you're engaging in, it'd be really hard for them to use your behavior as a signal for what to imitate. Companies need to think about making the private public. Apple, for example, uh, you know, a number of years ago, all sorts of digital music players had dark-colored headphones. You couldn't tell whether someone was using a digital music player or a CD player. Apple came out with white headphones. They figured out a way to make the private public, and now everyone can see, wow, a number of other people are using this device. It must be good. Maybe I should do it as well. And so that's the key, thinking about how to make behavior, consuming your product or engaging in your idea, much more publicly visible to others. The next step is about, uh, as I define it, news you can can use, providing information uh, to prompt people to share. You call it practical value. Another big driver of sharing is useful information. The more useful something is, whether it saves someone time or saves them money, the more likely people are to share it with others. So it's all about sharpening that message. Lots of things out there are somewhat useful, but how can you show that your thing is particularly useful um, you know, highlight incredible value, so much value that people have to share it with others. I talk about in the book about the rule of 100, which is how you can frame numerical information like discounts to make them seem larger, even though they're the same actual amount off. And so it's all about how to frame information to make it seem more useful to encourage people to share it. And finally, the, uh, the last step of the process uh, you call stories, the best and most effective way to convey information because people think in narratives, right? People tend to think in narratives. We don't just think about information. Um, and we also don't want to seem like we're advertising for a company, right? We don't want to look like we're shilling for a brand. Um, but it's important that brands not just create engaging content. Um, one of the problems around social media is people get caught up in the hype. Oh, I just need to do something funny or crazy, and, and that'll get people talking. But the key to remember is you want to be sure your brand or your message is coming along for the ride. Will it blend is a really amazing example really amazing to see uh, an iPhone get torn up in the blender, but it's also really great because people can't forget about what the product does. You see that ad and you go, wow, that's a really tough blender. The blender can tear through an iPhone. It must be really powerful. And so it's not just viral. It's valuable virality. It helps the brand at the end of the day. 
be sure that you're building a Trojan horse or a vessel that carries your message along for the ride. Well, I've read more than my share of uh, marketing books. I've read some recently that focus on the aspect of story. Others, for example, that maybe hone in on the social currency aspect uh, of this. But yours seems to be one of the few, Contagious, Why Things Catch On, that takes all of the important steps and, and, and brings them together. Well, well, thank you so much. I've spent over a decade uh, researching this topic, and there's a lot of exciting research. And so uh, I think what's great about Contagious is it brings it all in one place, and it shows uh, manner and individuals how to apply these insights to get their products and ideas to catch on. Uh, and actually, I often do workshops uh, with companies. I uh, did one just a couple of weeks ago with Unilever, uh, Purina, Google, all sorts of brands. Um, but I've also built uh, a workbook, which is freely available on my website. Just go to Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, further, P-E-R-G-E-R.com. You go to the Resources tab can download a free workbook, which will help uh, any company and individual, whether you're small or large, think about how you can apply this framework. It'll walk you through a step-by-step way to understand these ideas, but also use them to help your own content become contagious. Well, and the thing I like too, Jonah, is you can put the six steps to work for your uh, product, your service, your cause, uh, your idea, without spending a lot of money or, or hiring you know, uh, expensive uh, ad agencies, if you will. That's exactly right. The big benefit of word of mouth is it's so much more cost-effective, so much cheaper. You know, with a small business, you might think, wow, I've got to spend so much money on advertising to get this thing off the ground. But if you, if you actually look at the data, people trust their friends much more than they trust ads. Word of mouth is over 10 times as effective as traditional media, and it's much cheaper. So particularly if you're a small business, this is great news. Rather than throwing all your money at advertising, Think about how you can turn your customers into advocates, how you can get people who like your product to share it with others and use that word of mouth to help the business grow. What would you say, Jonah, is the uh, single most important leadership lesson that that you have learned uh, along this journey? Uh, Don't follow the crowd. Uh, It's really easy to get caught up in in the marketing hype that's going on. Uh, Marketers always love shiny new toys, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, something digital, something highly technological, uh, something new about social media. Um, And those tools can be very powerful, but it's important to remember that they're technologies, they're not strategies. Um, And so to really lead, you need to understand what's actually working, not just focus on the hype, but really look at what's working for you, how to make it more effective. Uh, can you name for us a book or two from the recent past besides Contagious that has made the uh, greatest impression on you and why? Um, you know, there, there are a lot of great books out there. Uh, made to Stick is one of my favorites. Uh, it's not uh, so much a marketing book. It's really about uh, how you can create messages that are going to be sticky that will stay in consumers' minds. Um, so, so that's a great one that I, I really enjoy. Um, and, and a great place to start for uh, folks in business that are interested in getting people to remember their messages. You mentioned the uh, workbook. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, there's also a contagious framework that outlines the six steps there on Jonah's site. And even a reading guide if you've got a book club or maybe you're part of a mastermind group that can help you as you kind of walk uh, through the book. Uh, Jonah, tell us where we can find you online, how might others connect, and if there's any projects coming up uh, that you'd like to share with others. Sure. Uh, so you can find me both at my website, which is Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, at J1Berger. 
Um, I do all sorts of uh, both consulting as well as workshops with companies, but I think that workbook you mentioned is a great place to start. Really sitting down with a couple of uh, friends or members of your team, working through the framework, thinking about how you can apply it, uh, it's a great way to begin to getting your ideas to catch on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for new insights and new examples, so people can feel free to contact with me and uh, I love sharing uh, these ideas and insights with, with the world. Well, I appreciate, too, just your accessibility, just uh, your willingness to come on a, a very, very new show like this one and just share your insights. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Well, thanks so much for having me. I, I hope you use the steps to make the show contagious. If you enjoyed the conversation with Jonah Berger, I hope you'll let him know about it on Twitter. You can send him a tweet at J1Berger on Twitter, as he mentioned a moment ago. That's the letter J, the number one, B-E-R. G-E-R at J1Burger on Twitter. Uh, remember to rate and review the podcast when you have time. This is crucial, especially for new podcasts trying to uh, get noticed and carve out some real estate, if you will. Just go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes to download the podcast and to rate and review it. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes. want to thank again our sponsor. Don't forget, you can get Jonah's new book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On, absolutely free, with a a free 30-day trial of Audible. Just go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash audible and you can download that book for free right now. All the links I've just mentioned plus all the resources and other links and freebies that Jonah and I talked about today can all be found on the show notes page for this episode. It's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 006 for episode 6. And finally, I'd like to say a special thanks to some folks who have been very kind to me on Twitter and via private email just letting me know about how much they're enjoying the podcast. Stuart Crane is one, the man behind an app called TV Talk for iPhone and Android. You'll be hearing more about that, no doubt, in the coming weeks and months. Also, Ray Edwards of RayEdwards.com and the Ray Edwards Show podcast. Jared Easley of the Star of the Doubts podcast. And last week's guest, Jay Bear of Convince and Convert. Really appreciate what each and every one of them have had to say about the Read to Lead podcast. Well, that's it for this time around. We'll see you next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, lead Readers read and readers lead.